Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. happening is life real or an illusion and if life is an illusion is it as badly written as fear the walking dead i'd like to think not mm, i don't know i don't know hi folks uh my name is timothy harvey and i'm dustin and we are the the shattered remains of Team <laughs> Zombie. You saw Curtis today. Was it today? I did see Curtis today. I went into Green Room Burgers and Beer where he works, and I pointed an accusatory finger at him, and I said, "You are you coming over tonight?" And he said, "Maybe." And uh, then we hugged and. Talked about how much we missed each other and and how good it would be if he could come. And then, of course, he didn't. So, well, now yeah. I'm going to stick this microphone right into my eye. Don't do that. that and swirl it around. Because I would have to explain that to people. And the kids would be upset. Mm. Screaming. Not to mention it would be kind of messy. Yeah. So, so uh, if you have been listening to us over the last several episodes, you are undoubtedly aware that we are not thrilled with this show. Um, that's a way to put it. That's a way to put it. Now, I will say that, oddly enough, I was more interested in what was happening on the show tonight than I have been in, in a while. That is not saying that I was impressed with it. But I was more interested with what happened tonight than I have been through most of this season. Um, I was... Which is a damning with faint praise. I was more interested in what happened tonight as well. Unfortunately, I was more interested when it happened back in season two of right. Walking Dead. <laughs> Literally the exact plot of this episode happened in season yeah, two. Yeah, of... so, um, so basically what did happen is that they... Uh, uh, the clue, crew of the Abigail, uh, which you know is named after Thomas, Thomas. That's Thomas's last name. Mm -hmm. um, they make it to the rendezvous mm -hmm. with the the military guys who Louise is supposed to work with and get yeah. them through. Um, it goes poorly. It goes poorly. Louise is killed, um, and his dying his dying wish is for Daniel to give his mother a coin with an owl on it, mm -hmm. which Daniel promptly throws overboard. Uh, for no reason, just because. See, I'm not sure. I, I think I think there was something about the coin that disturbed him. But here's my thing. Here is where I get like Daniel is. I get that Daniel's like a suspicious person, and he's got this dark past and all these things that make him compelling, which he is most of the time. But he, as a suspicious person who has a dark past, mm -hmm. would look at this coin, and even if it reminded him of something from his own dark past, would look at it and say, this is an in with someone. 
You are correct, I, and, and I, I would agree with that. But we also saw tonight the 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 big subplot of tonight is everybody's crazy, everybody's crazy, and they're all coming to pieces right now <laughs> at the same time as everything falls apart. Uh, they are finally they are finally quote Why? unquote safe, and everybody is like, oh, okay, now I can let the inner nut job out because yes. they've all lost their damn minds. Yes. Everyone on this show in this episode is behaving, actually, with the exception of Strand. Uh, well, Strand, yeah. uh, but Strand it, lo it looked did, like Strand was leaning that direction. Strand did a very like, like I I complained off podcast about how I didn't want, I didn't think that I maybe didn't talk about this on the podcast, but I didn't think announce you know revealing that Strand was gay was going to be enough to rehabilitate the character, mm -hmm. right. and it immediately. When he and Thomas got together, and you could see the genuine love and affection that they had for each other, mm -hmm. immediately flip, flip for me. You know, and I, but but see that for me, you know, I connect story like if I can connect emotionally with the story, right? Then that is that compels me. That's why I find Alicia and Nick when they are together, which is so so. Off seldom mm -hmm. that's what connects me to them is they're a brother and sister and they genuinely care for each other right and every time they talk to each other you can see that and i think that it was the power of both the actors and the storytelling of strand and thomas's scenes where you see these are two men who genuinely love each other yeah and it brought sucked me right in well and i think i think that you know, I've been saying, I think, for a couple episodes now that it's, it's obvious that Thomas is doomed. Mm -hmm. um, and well, didn't you say he's got another job coming up somewhere, like the actor? Well, they, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he's not going to make it. Yeah. Because he's like, he's got another gig. Well, he's almost by default. And, and you know, you, you mentioned this while we were watching the show tonight. Nobody on this show is in danger. Right. I mean, there's, or, or let me let me specify we don't have any sense of anybody on this show being in danger, yeah. right? So, whereas in the first season of Walking Dead, we had no idea because we was gonna live could, gonna we'd, we'd read the comic, mm -hmm. so we had an idea, you know. But they, but we were already seeing them diverging from the comic, so it's not like there was, you know, right. things were carved in stone. Here, and we just and, and Jason and I just talked about this on H two O. There's something. There's something called uh, you know the economy of character. Mm -hmm. So basically, you have. Um, you know, your main cast and you've got your secondary cast. Mm -hmm. And the odds of you killing off your main cast are pretty slim because right. you want to keep your show going. So that's why the secondary cast comes comes in. And so you can have characters get introduced and they're there for a couple episodes and then they die. Right. Um, and this uh, this kind of plays into a lot of the larger discussion we people have been having lately about uh, uh, Walking Dead and 100 killing off gay characters. Right. And about how... How it gets to the point, and I think they even talked about this on Talking Dead at one point. You get to a point, especially on the flagship show, where it's like, well, obviously Rick's not going to die. Obviously Carl is not going to die. Obviously Michonne is not going to die. People will lose their damn minds if Daryl dies. People right. will lose their damn minds if Carol dies. You get to this point where all these characters, you keep huddling these characters into the safe space right. where they're not allowed to die. And the good, the, the good thing, quote unquote, about... I keep wanting to say Fear the Talking Dead. I keep wanting to say it. The good thing about Fear the Walking Dead is that these are new. This is a new set. 
Right. And they they don't have that yet. They're not supposed to have that yet. Well, and they don't. They also don't come with the characters from the comics as their right. as their you know models and mm-hmm. things like that. They, they're they're in theory, they're brand new blank slates mm-hmm. that that. You know, all bets should be off. Right. But they're not. There, there's no there sense is, of that. No. Like, <laughs> Ophelia is so incredibly useless. I think the last two episodes, she did nothing. She stood in backgrounds of scenes and, like, bugged her eyes out. Like. So she's the, so she's the Theodore. Of... Right. Completely <laughs> useless. She wanders about and is like, oh. Oh, what, Papa? What's happening? And it's like, why do we, why do we have this woman? Like, she's obviously, you know, just she's daughter fodder at this point. Oh yeah, she's definitely daughter fodder at this point. Uh, yeah, I agree. But they've not put her. They've not even. They've not even hinted at putting her in any danger. The pirate episode would have been the perfect episode to even hint at putting Ophelia in a little danger. But they didn't even. Like, she's such a nothing character, they didn't even do that. I don't even know if she did anything in the pirate episode. So. Uh, she was she was tied up like the rest of them, but that's yeah. about it. Here, I think she the longest the longest bit of dialogue she's had in this season, I think, mm-hmm. might have been. She's yeah. praying to her, she's talking to her mom at this shrine. So, so basically, they get to the place, and um, but before they get to the place, we get a flashback. We get to see something that happened. Not um, terribly long ago. Yeah, and basically you see this this church, mm-hmm. and they are dealing with they're they're looking at the world and what's happening, and they're saying, you know, this is a challenge to our faith, but we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. And, and then they are immediately all poisoned by bad communion wafers because anytime anyone on a Walking Dead show shows any kind of faith in a higher power, they are immediately killed. Or they have that faith ground down to a powder. Right. Um, or they're you know, or anytime a little girl shows up for any moment. Oh, all little girls must die. Yeah. I mean, it's. I believe that's in the series Bible for both shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Page one. All little girls must die. Someone was Someone was, was hurt very deeply <laughs> by a little great. girl. <laughs> They're great. Robert Kirkman brought, brought a handmade uh, <laughs> valentine to Susie Peckinpah, and he handed it to her. She Crushed looked at him with, with such disgust on her face and her pink with her pink bow in her hair. And now he will make all little girls all little girls must suffer, and they must all have bows in their hair when they do it. And they all must die terribly. Um, So anyway, uh, it's actually a really creepy scene because they start bleeding out of their eyes, and um, and Thomas. This is this is all taking place on the island that Thomas is on, and he goes there for some reason. He said, "What is he even?" Well, he's trying to he's trying to talk the 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 minister and his his flock from attacking the compound. Because oh. that's where they're going to go attack the compound, and, and we find out why later what they're going to destroy. Yeah. Um, and uh, but clearly, um, he didn't have to worry mm-hmm. because his mommy maid went oh out and poisoned this poisoned them. We well, we once again come to the fact that if you have a if you have any kind of enclave of humanity in on this show or the 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 Walking Dead itself. Um, and it's not part of the main hero group. They're crazy. They're a, they're a flavor of crazy. Right. Um, and so here you have Thomas. When we see Thomas now, we really, he's been bitten. Obviously, he stayed around the, the dead people too long. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, in fact, it looked like there was. We, we saw there were a pile of dead people when when they get to the when Strand and, and company get to yeah. the. We see a pile of dead people, but not all of them. So it looks like he probably killed a bunch of them. Yeah, that's. I I, I think you're supposed to infer that when they started dying, he started putting them down. Right. Uh, and then they started coming back, and he was overwhelmed. And he got bit. Mm-hmm. So I had thought that he was going to be dead when we got here. I thought that Strand was going to arrive find and find him. And, Thomas. And, yeah, but instead he's he's still holding on. He's still he's still a little bit not quite dead. Um, and we see this. You know, they would get to this compound, and it's all behind big walls, and they're farming, and everything seems nice. So we get to eat. And of course, we know you immediately as soon as you get behind the walls and you see, oh, they've got like a vineyard, and and everybody there's a kid playing with a soccer ball. You're like, oh. Where this is gonna turn into immediately? Yeah, this is duped. This is duped because um, it's it's a Walking Dead production, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what happens to. I think the everywhere. term is misery porn. <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, I, you know what? Yes, I, I think that this is this is kind of all misery porn because while we're at while before they get there. Even before they get there, they they uh, they come up to the church and Strand's freaking out because apparently he knows the people there. Right, and then he, and and he sees Thomas's truck, so yes. it's, a, it's a double. Thomas's Ford, and uh, so he's he's screaming and you know Thomas's name and running and looking for him, while the zombies attack, and uh, everybody picks up something to attack and they have a right. little fight here and and this is um, this is where we all we start to see that everybody is crazy. Right, and this is where the, all the they've lifted the lid off the tin of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've lost my damn mind, and it's it's interesting, but it's also like, where the hell did this come from? Right. Um, well, you got you to go back a little bit because because on the boat, Travis takes Chris aside and mm, he's like right. talking to him about killing the pirate guy from the other episode. Right. Yeah. And Chris is like, "Well, I did what I had to do, did." I hate to do what I hate to do, and and Travis is like, everybody thinks that that was a really bad idea for you to have done that. He's like, but I hate to do what I have to do, and then Travis says to him, Madison is worried about you, right? And so get to this point where all these church parishioners show up. Uh, the zombie church parishioners and Madison is thrown to the ground by one and Nick or Chris is standing right there and he turns around and sees it and does not do anything. He just stands there and watches. And again, they're trying to create some sort of gray area with Chris, but they're doing a really job of it Mm -hmm. because you, in a way you're like, is he just frozen or is he watching like, is he now just watching this woman be attacked? And then Alicia sees it, and she's like, sees him seeing it, and she goes and saves her mom. And, like, obviously Madison knows that Chris didn't do anything. She's literally standing right there. Right. And Alicia knows that, that Chris didn't do anything. And so now we get to deal... Are we dealing with crazy Chris now? Like, is that what's happening? Well, it's... Uh... It's it's kind of hard to tell. I think the answer is I think the answer ultimately is going to be yes, because we've now seen him stand over. Because later in the episode mm. we see him standing over, uh, right? But Madison I, and Alicia. I'm in, beginning in the, to wonder if maybe somebody has been watching Three's Company a little bit too much, <laughs> because 
the, the this like we're kind of base plot points on comic misunderstandings now. Why did he go in there? He found he he stood over them with a knife because he walked in and there was a knife sitting on the right. dresser and he picked it up and then the gunshot woke everybody up and they found him standing over them with a knife. He didn't go in there with a knife. Well, was but, he just going in to talk to Alicia? We don't know. It's <sighs> yeah. Well, it's it's they're giving they're giving him all kinds of rope to hang himself with mm-hmm. and they're also not really giving us any reason to root for him no no i haven't been rooting be for for him since since he went and joined the riot in the first season yeah no he's a he's he's kind of a terrible guy mm-hmm. and um i think i think we're meant to believe and know that he shouldn't have killed the guy the when they had the pirate well no that was you're you're meant i think you're meant to think that he's crazy or he's losing it um especially considering everything else that's going on this episode where everyone's just coming apart right um so yeah so anyway alicia confronts chris and then chris basically says basically he threatens her he's like don't tell your mother because i don't want to see anyone else get hurt oh no he said i don't want to hurt anybody Uh, (laughs) so So of course she goes immediately to her mother and tells her this and so then madison confronts travis and they have a big fight about it well because madison's already in her overprotective mom mode because chris has talked to this other person yeah nick is well nick is talking to to celia yes he has yeah one conversation (laughs) with her madison like her whole like like the 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 sentence under Madison's name in the character <laughs> sheet is is super protective of her children to a fault. Oh yeah, well maybe beyond, maybe beyond default. Although as it turns out, um, Celia, we should probably be trying to protect a lot more people from Celia mm-hmm. because she's um, cuckoo bananas. Okay, so I never thought Herschel was a monster. Right. Okay, and Herschel, because because this is this is we've come to the we've come to the farm. Mm-hmm. They've got a barn full of zombies because because right. they are they are they are keeping their dead in the cellar and allowing people to go and talk to them and right and apparently like Nick notices that there's an owl carved into the tree above the shrine. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this is a death cult. I'm thinking it's become it may, it may not have started off as one, but it's definitely become one. Right. And it's weird because it's it's hard to tell the dynamics here because there's some there's some weird stuff that's being said. Celia talks about she's, as as Thomas is fading, he and Strand basically enter into a suicide pact. Mm-hmm. But Celia is keeping the dead, so they're like, "We'll still be together because Celia will be watching over us." Mm-hmm. So they'll go in the cellar and live with the rest of the dead people. Uh, but Celia doesn't think they're dead, which is it's like Herschel all over again, except. I was never afraid of Herschel. No, I'm I'm not particularly afraid of Celia either. Um, I I'm I don't know. I'm worried that this is going to be. I'm I'm having this weird feeling that they're, they're going to do like a like a Bruja woman sort of thing with her. That'd be, that'd be interesting. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Well, it's just I don't know. It's. I don't know if it's going to be handled well. Oh, probably not. No, so no, probably not at all. Well, so so what I'm confused about when it comes to her, or there's a couple things, but one of the things, so 
So they're getting, she's she's made the wafers. Right. Daniel has confronted her about mm-hmm. this. Daniel Daniel has discovered that we got we got yeah. zombies in the basement. He's he's had to go look in the barn moment. Right. She yeah. gets she gets all kind of cryptic on him too because she's like, oh yes, of course we do. And and why are you so afraid of death, old man? Like she knows who he is, mm-hmm. which is weird. Well, I think it you know it's supposed to kind of harken back to to like he looked at that coin and threw it overboard. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some shorthand we're missing. Well, probably because he's he's having his own breakdown. Yeah. He's having he's he uh, paused when they were being attacked at the church, and a little a little kid boy came at him, and he freezes because he's seeing some other little boy mm-hmm. uh, that he probably had to kill, um, and so it becomes this whole everyone's cracking up at the same time, right? Which I'm sure makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, Somewhere. it's it's a it's a post traumatic stress kind of situation. But they all develop at the same time in very similar ways. Um, but anyway, um, so so we've got the we've got Thomas and and Victor in the bedroom, bedroom and with the wafers with the wafers. It's like Clue. <laughs> it's the zombie version of Clue. I'd play that game. I would too. Now we're gonna to have to make the game, um, but anyway. So there's this there's this weird kind of moment where she's talking about you know she's singing this song to Thomas, yeah. And she talks about how when he was a child, only I could calm him with this song. And I'm looking at her and thinking, you're the same age. There's this mm-hmm. whole mother image. The actress is not that old. She's only been acting since but, the '90s. But see, that's but but you're ha- well, you're you're having an issue with. I'm is, issue. Oh, I'm sorry. Is, I'm sorry. There's a time. It's time, isn't it? I'm thinking about time. There's. It's a walking dead. No, no. Well, you're you're actually you're actually getting, you know, you're having an issue with with casting, with the way Hollywood casts women, where they say a woman, you know, a woman at fifty is a crone, where the man at his in his fifties is still sexy. That's well, where you're having your problem. You're this, not having a problem with story. You should. This is a part of the. You're supposed to suspend your disbelief and say, "Oh, obviously, this woman is not older than like sixty, maybe sixty-five. If you know, you really want to, you know, press it. And obviously, Thomas Abigail is only in his late forties. Obviously, well, but her son is was clearly yeah. in his, you know, thirties, late thirties. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is a, it's a curious guy. The actress is fine. Mm-hmm. She's doing she's she's. But it's it's about systemic sexism in in Hollywood. Is your issue you're having at this moment? You don't know you're having that issue, but that's the issue you're having. It's not a storytelling issue. It's a no. systemic sexism in in Hollywood issue. Well, but it's also something they could have easily fixed by saying when we were both children. Yeah, no, because it's stated more than once over the in the flashback. That Thomas Abigail was raised by this woman, right? So they they wouldn't have done that because even though they are probably very close in age as actors, mm-hmm. because she has reached a certain age in the entertainment business, she is now a crone. Well, but it's it's there's some of that certainly. There's some of that certainly, but but the fact that they didn't they have cast an actress. They wouldn't have. They would not have cast an actress over than older than sixty five. Period, because that's too old. It's it's okay. sexism. Well, yes, and it shouldn't be. 
but uh, it's it's jarring for me because I have you know. Uh, you know, I'm so glad that we did not know each other. Well, back when when uh, when Mel Gibson made Hamlet, and Glenn Close <laughs> played his mother. Of course, we would we were would both have been in high school at that time. Right, but <laughs> but we would have, having this having this exact same conversation, we about would have that. been yes. Well, and, and the thing is, and we would have you know, gotten so beat up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, because I think that was I can't remember if that was right before I joined the theater department. We had the discussion in theater. Like oh, in no. our, in our. Oh yeah, well, we Lydia had... Lydia Miller, mm-hmm. who was our theater, our co theater coach with her husband Gary Wyatt, had just like the most amazing rant about it. I can't remember anything other than her standing up at the front of the classroom and talking about, you know, the the you know, like I just said, the systemic sexism of casting in Hollywood that would say that a woman, Glenn Close's age could only be Mel Gibson's mother. Well, wasn't it, we just heard recently that, was it Jennifer Garner was too old? Some some actress who was in her 30s was considered too old to play Leonardo DiCaprio's wife? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 completely, it's Felicia, very screwed up. Felicia Day tweeted out last week that she got sides for a, for a role of a 35-year-old actress who had aged out of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And she tweeted about it and like how she was like, "Oh, you, Hollywood." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, but the, the thing is, is that, is that as you and I both know, actresses who are in their forties mm-hmm. and fifties and sixties that we've seen do great work here. Now we are doing we're independent film here, and we and we got a lot mm-hmm. of friends who are stage actors. Um, so we we I guess we are lucky enough not to have that, you know. Well, you know we. When, when, when we're not wired and, that way. When you and I cast our films. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. Pay attention, Hollywood. We've, but, we've well, chased it, a rabbit. But it's jar. It's to me, it's jarring because I, I'm sitting there going, I know, I mean, Doug Gray Scott, I know, is a 50-year-old actor. Mm-hmm. He's 50. That's, that's And the idea somehow that he's, you know, it, 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 if there was one more thing I didn't need to yank me out of the story... It's one more thing I didn't need to yank mm-hmm. me out of the story. But in any event, <clears throat> she thinks it's great that they've decided to go in for the let's die together uh, right. school of thought, um, which is not creepy at all. She's, she's listened to a lot of Morrissey. <laughs> she's listened to a lot of Morrissey and watched a lot of bad horror films because she is not a – she's crazy. I mean, she's – we're watching our own – our folks go crazy because, mm-hmm. you know uh, – uh, Chris is losing his mind. Ophelia's, right. you know, turning to religion. In and oddly enough, that whole bit where she's going to, to talk to her mother at the shrine is actually handled yeah. fairly uh, straightforwardly. There's not. A, there's. Yeah. You know, she's not mocked for doing it. I mean, um, Nick kind of mocks her for a little bit, but then she looks at him and he's like, mm. "Okay, fine." Sorry. Yeah, it is a rare moment in in one of these shows where the faith aspect is not either completely crushed and destroyed right in front of you. Um, well, and even even the even the folks at the church at the beginning were they were mm-hmm. and up until the point they were poisoned to death right. were treated like people. I mean there wasn't you know there was they weren't the, they weren't mocking the religion or anything. It yeah. was just it was futile. Where's your god now basically was the right. the premise of that one. But obviously Strand can't go through with it. Yes, he can't see he can't see Thomas 
as one of those creatures, which I can understand because I have, I have a feeling that a lot of what Celia is doing is, you know, based on, well, these specific people have died. Mm-hmm. And kind of like Herschel on the farm. Like, right. Whereas Strand has seen more of the larger world and seen more of what the walkers are capable of. And so ultimately he makes the decision that he can't see Thomas like that. He doesn't want Thomas to be like that. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's, it's not, he loves Thomas and he knows that what, what was going to be left after they die is not going to be Thomas anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's not, it won't be Thomas. And just because he won't be strand anymore is not a reason to, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I mean, it's, (laughs) <laughs> like you said, it's it's very Shakespearean. Right. It's very. Um, I'm not surprised that Strand did what he did. He he, he shoots. He shoots. Mm-hmm. He shoots Thomas in the head. So he does doesn't reanimate. And this, of course, does trigger the whole. Yes. Everybody, you know, jumps up and and uh, Chris and is standing over Chris people's with knives. <clears throat> yeah, which is not good for Chris. Well, nothing's good for Chris. Nothing. No, well, there's that too. I mean, because he's he's Chris is just awful. <laughs> he's just, just awful. Just the worst. Just the worst. I don't think I have ever, like, legitimately been like, I wish this teenage boy would die. Since, like, I watched the Friday the Thirteenth reboot. <laughs> like, God. that movie is full of teenagers. Uh. So you're like. All these people. I want all these people to die. Yeah. And, you know, this is like, and so just Chris just floating along, being the worst at everything. Well, and again, we've mentioned this earlier. It's not, we're not blaming the actor here. We're not blaming the actor. Well, I mean, he did take the part. I'm sure he's fine in other things, but. uh... I'm not. I'm 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 going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to IMDb it or anything. But, <laughs> but he's I'm... the character is just so awful. I mean, you know, this is this is like if Carl's hat actually was talking. Yes. Because um, we used, for those of you who we used to follow it when we were writing reviews for the show, is that periodically we would discuss you know what the hat was saying, mm-hmm. and it usually was some variation of kill everyone. Um, but here, basically, it's you know Chris is like the talking hat at this right. point, and it's. The only purpose Chris is serving right now is to make Madison see how much she has really been taking advantage of Travis. In terms no, of, well, I no, 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 no. In terms of, in terms of expecting him to be there for her and not getting it in return, she's right because we've seen that Chris is crazy. Yeah, but Travis doesn't know that, and so Travis has got a legitimate thing saying, "Well, wait a minute." I was there for your children, right. who are our children. Why can't you be there for mine? And he's right. Now, but it's not going to help him. It's not going to help any of them that he's right, because this is not the place to actually be having this conversation. Right. I think that they're just setting up Chris as just to be a stumbling block between Travis and Madison. They're just using this to create artificial drama. Well, yes, because that's all they have. Right. Um, I, I'm. I don't know that they actually have any. 
They're flying by the sea of their pants. Because what's going to happen next episode, okay? We're going to have the unleash, open the barn doors, mm-hmm. kill the zombies. Maybe. Celia's going to, they're going to, well, that, no, you know it's going to happen. They're going to destroy the compound somehow. Mm-hmm. And they will leave, going out into the world where it is unsafe again, because that's what happens on these shows. Right. <sighs> I think I am going to buy the Madison action figure, though. Well, does it look good? I mean, is it a cool looking figure? Well, it's it's just the computer mock-up, though, but it's three McFarlane toys, which, I mean, aside from the fact that McFarlane really doesn't, I mean, in general, doesn't like action figures. He's yeah, a they don't fan move much. Of, yeah, he's done, they've done a really good job of having great articulation with the, with the Walking Dead toys. Oh, okay. So, and they use a digital, like, basically a... 3D mapping? 3D, 3D yeah. mapping to do the faces and stuff, so the faces all look really, really good. I have stood in Target mm-hmm. on more than one occasion with a Gareth action figure in my hand, <laughs> like, trying, like, being like, you do not collect these, Dustin. I know he was beautiful, but you don't need to buy a Gareth action figure just to have one. And I've I've successfully not bought one. Um, I am actually very surprised by that. I'm a little surprised too at how at my just massive restraint. Well, you do have children to feed now. Yeah. I mean, they. <laughs> okay, you 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 are feeding them, right? Yeah. <laughs> they each get one gingerbread cookie a day. Oh, there you go. Okay, well that's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. And I made them broccoli and cheese sauce tonight. You did? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Trinaya was all like, I don't like it. I'm not going to eat it. How could you? Why would you want me to eat broccoli? Broccoli is so disgusting that I put the cheese sauce on it. And she's like, okay, it's good. They're so easy to manipulate. Put cheese on it. Put chocolate on it. These are things. That's well, right. Trinaya doesn't like chocolate. So. Uh, yes. You're going to have to send her back. Yeah. I thought about it. <laughs> No, she's a she's an awesome kid. All right, I think we're, we're we've clearly run out of things to say about this show tonight. Um, uh, we've got one more episode in this piece of it. Yes, because there's 15 episodes in the season, so we have this break just like we did with Walking Dead. So I just don't. We're just ready don't for the know. thing. I'm very excited about Preacher, though. I am too. So yes, heard... folks, we are going to we are going to be covering Preacher. I've heard good things, so I'm very excited. It looks wonderfully nuts, and for those of you who have read the comic, uh, it was a wonderfully nuts comic. I've heard, I've not read the comic, but I've heard that this diverges quite greatly from the comic. Well, that's okay because uh, they actually, you know, the idea here is to not tread over exactly. You know, you, you can get to the same points, but you can take it slightly different route to get there, mm. so that you're not actually. If you've read the comic, you're not watching the show going, okay, I've seen this already. I've read this already, right? Um, and it's cool. I'm, I'm happy for that. Um, but yeah, it looks it looks great. Um, and then here we are, excited about that. In a way, we are not excited about this show. No. So we are basically left with them in the compound, and bad things are about to happen. And we will talk to you guys about that next week. Thank you for listening, Dustin, and thank you, Dustin. Mm, thank you, Tim. Well, I brought pie tonight. You did. Yeah. So we had. We at least we had pie. Yes. And lasagna. You made lasagna and I had some of that. So, uh, folks, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on podcast.com. 
Uh, there's currently a weirdness about our iTunes stuff, but but that where you'll find us there again here shortly. Um, we would love to hear what you think. If you're enjoying the show, if you're if you're hate watching it like we are, that would be great. We I would it. love to know somebody else hates the show as much as we do. Well, if you if you want to see the larger picture, they've been shedding numbers oh, all yeah. throughout the season. So yeah. So anyway, so. We'll see you next week. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, horror for me, sci-fi for me dot com. We would love to hear you from you, and we will see you next week. This has been a presentation of horrorforme.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. <laughs>